0: We hear the story of Mary as told from Luke's Gospel, the first chapter. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. The Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will conceive and bear a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Let us pray. Almighty God, in choosing the Virgin Mary to be the mother of your Son, you made known your gracious regard for the poor and lowly. Grant us grace to receive your word in humility and obedience. In the name of Mary's son, we pray, amen. We hear the story of Joseph as told by Matthew in his gospel, the first chapter. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. for he will save his people from their sins. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Let us pray. O God, who from the family of your servant David raised up Joseph to be a guardian of your incarnate son and the spouse of his virgin mother, give us grace to imitate his uprightness of life and his obedience to your commands. In the name of Joseph's son we pray, amen. We hear the story of the star as told by Matthew in his gospel, the second chapter. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. And after listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Arise and shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you, for darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, but his glory will appear over you. Let us pray. O God, by the leading of a star you manifested your only Son to the peoples of the earth. Lead us who know you now by faith to your presence where we may see your glory face to face. In the name of the light of the world, amen. Hear now the story of the angels is told by Luke in his gospel, the second chapter. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Rise up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. Almighty God, you have made yourself known in your Son, Jesus, the Redeemer of the world. We pray that the people of this world would believe in Him as their Savior and be the recipients of your goodwill. In the name of Jesus, who is the Christ, the Lord. Amen. We hear the story of the birth of Jesus, our Savior, from Luke's Gospel, the second chapter. And in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. We pray. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe. You've enriched our lives with the greatest gift of all, your Son. Through him you fill our lives with love and joy and peace and hope. May this Christ child in the manger be a visible reminder of your saving grace and love in all of our Christmas celebrations. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Christmas greetings one and all. In the name of Jesus, our Lord Emmanuel. The text that I have selected for our Christmas meditation this evening is from Luke Chapter 2, verse 10, there we read, and the angel said to the shepherds, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. This is our text. Did you notice, other than my grandson running up and down the aisle? Nothing like distracting, right? Did you notice that there's that word joy in the text that I just read to you? Joy, jolliness, good cheer, happy holidays. That's the theme of the season, isn't it? I mean, the airwaves are filled with jolly jingles. You know them. Deck the halls with balls of holly, fa-la-la-la-la, la 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 Tis the season to be, what? Jolly, fa-la-la-la, la 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 Don we now our gay apparel, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Troll the ancient Yuletide tie carol, fa-la-la-la-la, la-la-la-la. And if that doesn't get you jolly, then try this one. Have a holly, jolly Christmas, it's the best time of the year. I don't know if there'll be snow. Well, we do know. But we'll still have a cup of cheer. Right? And how about this one? I think this is my favorite. It's the most wonderful time of the year. If you know it, sing along. With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's that most wonderful time of the year. It's the hap... Happiest season of all, with those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings when friends come and call, it's the hap-happiest season of all. You didn't hear it come here for a concert like that, did you? But don't you just find that these jolly jingles become a little bit tiresome? I mean, we've been listening to them for at least a month or two. And don't you find that maybe you're growing a little bit annoyed by the fact that you're constantly being told, that you're incessantly being told to be jolly, to be happy, to be of good cheer, and to put on your gay apparel. Bah, humbug. December 26th can't come soon enough because then we won't have to listen to those irritating jingles until next October. And now here it is, you've come to the Christmas Eve service and you still can't get away from that word. Joy. Almost every hymn seems to have the word joy or rejoice or glad tidings in it. O come all ye faithful, what joyful and triumphant. Or the thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. Or, shepherds, why this jubilee, why your joyous strains prolong? What the gladsome tidings be which inspire your heavenly song? And then we just sang, hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. Here it is. Joyful all ye nations rise. Join the triumph of the skies. And if you're not tired of that word, it still is emblazoned on your bulletin cover, isn't it? Joy. Friends, The birth of Jesus Christ, God's Son, is cause for joy, even great joy, even mega joy. That's actually the Greek word, megalos, great joy. You see, we have reason, real reason to have joy because tonight we celebrate the birth of God in the flesh. Hear the good news again from that heavenly messenger who said, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, your Savior, who is Christ the Lord, who is God in the flesh. You see, Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise to Adam and Eve that one of their descendants would come and crush the head of the devil. Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise that one of Abraham's descendants would be a blessing to the entire world. Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise to King David that one, of his, that one of his descendants would be a king over an everlasting kingdom. And Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise that a virgin would conceive and give birth to a son whose name would be Emmanuel. And Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise of a light that shines in the darkest corners of life. And Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise that Bethlehem, of all the places in the world, will be the place where the world's Savior will be born. And Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise that the Christ who comes will set his people free. He'll set people free from the bondage of slavery to sin. And Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise of the suffering servant who will be forsaken who will be stricken and smitten and afflicted by His eternal Father on our behalf so that God might be reconciled to His fallen people. It is for these reasons and many others that the conception and the birth of Jesus Christ the Lord, the promised Messiah, is cause for joy this evening and really cause for joy and rejoicing every day of the year. And you see, this has always been the case when it comes to the birth of our Lord and Savior. I mean, the pre-born John the Baptist leaps for joy when he hears the voice of Mary, who is pregnant with our Lord. And Mary, the mother of our Lord, is, is, is filled with joy. She's filled with joy as she realizes that she's giving birth to the Son of God Almighty, for she sings, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And then there's Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, who breaks forth in joyful song, saying, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and has redeemed his people. And a choir of heavenly angels announced the Lord's birth, singing glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And upon seeing the Christ child, we're told that the shepherds returned to their sheep glorifying and praising God for all the things, for that little infant that they had seen. And then Simeon holds the infant Christ child in his arms and he praises God saying, Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace for my eyes, my eyes have beheld your salvation. And Anna, the prophetess, Upon seeing the child is filled with joy and gives thanks to God, speaking about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. And the wise men too are overjoyed when they see the star and the star leads them to the king of the Jews and they worship him as their king too. But despite all of that I've just said, about how the Christ child brings joy into the lives of people, there may be good reason why there is no room in your heart this evening for joy or for rejoicing or for glad tidings. I mean, we often project a false facade during the Christmas season, don't we? We decorate our homes with Christmas trees and balls of holly for tis the season to be jolly, but we're stuck in the melancholy of disappointments and setbacks in our life. We'll wish people Merry Christmas, but depression shrouds our heart because we find ourselves in an unhappy relationship, a lifeless relationship, where we're longing for a meaningful relationship and this season just accentuates, it seems to magnify how alone we really are. And then we raise a cup of good cheer as our heart aches with sorrow. And we're told that it's the happiest time of the year. But we're saddened in spirit and ashamed of ourselves because of the trespasses and sins that we've committed against God and to other people. And we wonder, yes, we wonder if we should even be in this house of worship tonight. And maybe looking back over the past month and a half or two we may have made it our business to shun the holiday parties and to shut off the Christmas music and to skip over the Hallmark Channel with all of its sappy Christmas movies so we don't have to listen to or watch the jingles that constantly preach that this is the season to be jolly. Friends, let's get beyond the shallow celebrations. That accompany so much of this jolly holiday season. And let's get to the meat. To the heart of Christmas. Again I repeat the angel's announcement. Fear not. For behold I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior. Who is Christ the Lord. In Martin Luther's Christmas hymn, From Heaven Above to Earth I Come, we sing of the Christ child these words, or we actually sing to the Christ child these words, Welcome to earth, O noble guest, through whom the sinful world is blessed. You came to share my misery, that you might share your joy with me. God did not enter into this world in the person of an infant to create an earthly utopia. And nor did he descend from heaven above so that he might fix the world and rid our lives of all of its problems. No, Christmas is about God's eternal Son being conceived and born in human flesh so that as our Savior, he might share, yes, share in our misery, And by so doing, set us free from the bondage of sin and the curse of death. A Lutheran commentator observes, Christmas is about God taking on flesh and blood, being born as one of us, to share our griefs and to bear our sorrows, and unite us to himself that we might find him in our griefs and in our sorrows. There's a reason he's called a man of sorrows, well acquainted with grief. I mean, the first sound leaving our newborn Lord's lips would have been a cry. And how fitting is that? I mean, God knows what it means to weep. He knows what it means to hurt and to suffer loneliness and anger and loss. And yes, even the pangs of death. What we celebrate at Christmas is God's unfathomable gift exchange. A gift exchange in that Jesus receives our misery, our sin, from us, and in turn, he gives us his forgiveness. And he gives us his promise of everlasting life. Yes, God's son, whose newborn life we celebrate this night, eventually dies an agonizing death on Good Friday so that he might not only save us from the curse of sin, but deliver us to life eternal with the Lord. Maybe you can relate to about what I'm going to say about God. An all-powerful God, I struggle to relate to. But to a God who comes in the flesh who is cradled in the arms of of his mother and who is dependent upon his human mother and father for sustenance and livelihood, that's a God that I can embrace in my time of need. A God who is invincible, I struggle to relate to a God that's invincible. But to a God who subjects himself to temptation and to human misery and even suffering and death, That God I can embrace when I have fallen into temptation and I've sinned against God and I need to hear his word of forgiveness and I need to know that he's present in my life. And an infinite God I struggle to relate to. But to a God who has risen from the dead, that God I can be embraced by. When I find myself in hopeless predicaments, when I'm overwhelmed with sorrow, when I'm experiencing loneliness and loss and the pangs of death, oh, how I long to be embraced by a God who has tasted death, but who has risen from the dead and triumphed over it. Daily, I need such a God who brings me such comfort and hope and joy. What about you? To be blunt, there are many days when we cannot possibly rejoice in our circumstances. But even in the most troubling, bleak, and the darkest days of our life, Jesus is the reason for joy. That joy that we experience may just be a quick beat of joy. It might just be a trickle of joy. It might just be a glimmer of joy. It might be a flood of joy. It might even be mega joy. But no matter where we find ourselves and what we find ourselves in, Jesus is the reason for joy. The prophet Habakkuk said, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will rejoice and be joyful in the God of my salvation. Notice what he rejoices in and what his joy is in. It's in the God of his salvation. The psalmist adds, Though our hearts are filled with sins, you forgive them all. What joy for those you choose to bring near. And yes, there is unspeakable joy, is there not, for the person who knows release from guilt of sin and who lives in the forgiveness of God day by day. And again, the psalmist promises us that as we experience the harsh reality of death and are confronted by our own mortality, that those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. Wrapped in the swaddling cloths of human flesh, is God's great gift of love and forgiveness to you and to me. And our value and our dignity and our significance and our purpose in life is all flowing, it's all intertwined with our Lord's relationship with us. Peace and comfort of heart and mind flow from knowing that we are reconciled to God through the blood that Jesus shed for us. And strength and hope to endure and to overcome life's troubles, they flow They flow from His promise that He is present in our life. And at the end of our earthly existence, eternal life and eternal joy is awaiting us. Ponder and plant this truth of Scripture in your mind. God Himself is a joyful God. Listen to what the prophet Zephaniah tells us about our God. He says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save, and he will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. We're not the only ones singing tonight. We worship a singing God. We're not the only ones that can have joy this night. God's heart is filled with joy too. And in fact, he sings and he is filled with joy over you and over me. So friends, whatever your circumstance in life, rejoice. It may just be that single beat of joy, just a momentary beat in the midst of your troubled life. It might just be a glimmer of joy. It might just be a trickle of joy. But rejoice, rejoice in the Lord, for He rejoices over you. Rejoice in the Lord because He became a human being for you, so that He might share in your misery and be with you in that time. Rejoice in the Lord, for He will deliver you from that misery into life everlasting. Rejoice in the Lord, for I have good news. I have mega joy news for you. Jesus Christ, the Lord, is your Savior. And he's mine too. As I conclude this Christmas message, I invite you to make the words of Martin Luther that he wrote in his Christmas hymn, From Heaven Above to Earth I Come your own prayer. Luther writes in the last three verses of that magnificent Christmas hymn, Ah, dearest Jesus, holy child, prepare a bed soft undefiled. Prepare a quiet chamber set apart for you to dwell within my heart. My heart for very joy must leap My lips no more can silence keep. I too must sing with joyful tongue that sweetest ancient cradle song. Glory to God in the highest heaven, who unto us his Son has given, while angels sing with pious mirth a glad, a joyful new year to all the earth. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.